80s, but wow. If you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Don't cross the streams. Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Read my lips. This segues so nicely into my 80s weekend. Ready? I, maybe. I've been ready. You guys are. I say I've been ready, but with a question mark. <laughs> We've been. I am ready. Welcome everybody to episode number three of Random Draw, a 1980s podcast. I am your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. And Mark Belial. <laughs> well, I'm just, what are you waving I, at? I was trying to get you to lift your <laughs> mic up a little bit. <laughs> That's so funny. It was like killing me. Like I'm, it was so taken off guard. I caught it out of the corner of my eye, Dave, just gently waving at you. Anyway, Mark <laughs> yeah, Belial. Wildly gesturing. Turn around, bright eyes. That's my <laughs> good that's my thing for not the delayed night. at all. Lately, no. every time we leave your house on Saturday, Mark and I are singing that song in duet, <laughs> and there's no reason for Do you it. Play it, or are you? Just no, 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 no. it now pops into our head because mm-hmm. of brain muscle memory. It's a thing now. As soon as we, as soon as you close the door and yeah. lock it, so that we can't return, we're mm-hmm. just like turn around. <laughs> so, so this is a 1980s <laughs> podcast. If you're unfamiliar with our podcast, we are just discussing the 1980s pop culture of the 1980s. We are three gentlemen who were born in the 80s. I existed in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, I was born in 1980, these two in 86. So we were alive during the 80s, but not so much remembering the 80s. So we're taking a look back at our childhoods, just going over some things and mm-hmm. having some fun chats about yeah, it. Yeah, less interacting, more existing. That's what I yeah. did in the 80s. Yeah. I, I tried to get through life in the 80s. <laughs> we were steeped in the 80s. Yeah, we didn't I, really... <laughs> I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I could tell you way more about 90s pop culture because that was like my teen. Teenage years. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. same here. And that's actually why I think this is more interesting. <laughs> that's we'll see. I guess we'll yeah, see the guess numbers. We'll, <laughs> guess we'll see. Who knows? To me. Yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify. That's to me. Uh, so each of us takes a topic. The two beginning topics are smaller, and then the final topic is larger. That is <laughs> yep. a breakdown of the show. Uh, we're gonna start tonight with Mark and his topic. Ooh, it's me, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> He's surprised. We talk about it beforehand. I know. Well, it's for the, it's for them, Dan. Yeah, it's not I know. For right, us, right. I don't want to pull back the curtain. I've made more. it very clear this podcast is for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we're gonna go back in time. Step inside my. Do you mean super, is it to the eighties? Step, <laughs> step inside to my I, I spooky so. <laughs> spooky time machine with the with the nice fog and the fog machines and neon lights and pastel uh, lacrosse shirts. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going back to 1983. Hey. Gentlemen, we're talking about Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> Which explains why it's been stuck in my head for the last three weeks. How I've only many been times about it. do you think you've listened to Total Eclipse of the Heart the last like week or so? Are we talking in the shower or are we talking like it's just out total? Of there's been at least three that I was singing to you. <laughs> I mean, we so got there's three. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There's three. I mean, I've probably listened to this song at least 15 times okay. since I've decided that I'm going to be talking about it tonight. Yeah. You're just reliving it. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, it's really connected me to my inner diva, and I love every single second of it. So I don't know that I know who sings this. I do know that I don't know who sings yeah. this. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the song, obviously, but... Yeah, everyone's heard the song. <laughs> Isn't good. it like Patty something? Oh, You how think Patty you? LaBelle sings this? <laughs> For some reason, my head said Patty LePew, and that was the that's wrong a, last name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, All kinds of things mixed together. Yeah, I like where your head's at, Dave. Yeah. Patty yeah. LePew. Patty no. LePew. Bonnie Tyler oh, actually Bonnie Tyler. sang 
totally makes more sense. Of the yeah. That makes a lot more sense than the thing I said. Patty Le Pew. Patty Le Pew. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into Total Eclipse of the Heart. Some mm-hmm. of the cool stuff about it. Controversy. Everything's cool about it. Yeah, there's no cool. controversy. There cannot be a controversy oh, about Dave. it. Oh, Dave. Controversy of your heart? I don't think so. There's a controversy. Well, I can't wait for Mark to turn it around. <laughs> Come on, Bright Eyes. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Bonnie Tyler was born on June 8th, 1951 as Gaynor Hopkins. Gaynor Hopkins. Gaynor Hopkins. That's a terrible name. Yeah, it makes sense why she changed it. I'm surprised she didn't it go with right? Patty LePew, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she real missed opportunity there. It's because I wasn't around to tell her yeah. how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, she came into the world in a place called Skewen in the country of Wales to a coal miner and a housewife. Okay. So she's like uh, the Welch Loretta Lynn. (laughs) Who has one black lung. (laughs) I assume black lung is genetic. Yeah. That's how you get it. Yeah, Yeah. you get it. It's passed down. (laughs) So she always had a gift for song. Uh, She basically started singing as a child in church and eventually quit high school in order to pursue performing. That's how you know you're good. Yeah, right? Yeah, Uh, usually you would quit college. Quitting high school seems like a weird flex, but it worked out. You got pipes like Bonnie Tyler's. It worked out. I can't knock You didn't see me quit high school because I was bad at high school. (laughs) (laughs) I stayed in high school, and we all see what that did for me. Maybe I should have quit high school. And here we are, yammering into microphones. (laughs) Basically, she uh, spent the first part of her career like kind of doing the whole uh, club scene She'd sing in a club, met her first husband, or I guess I should say her only husband oh. there. They've been married for over 40 years. Wow, good so for them. congratulations to Total them. Total eclipse of their heart. I'm yep. also on my first wife, to be fair. So. Oh, man. One of the f- several things that you have in common with Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be sure. many more. Yeah. yeah. You both have Welsh ancestry. You is both it have Welsh? One black it's Welsh. 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 Welsh I keep like, saying Welsh like I the know. grape I, juice. I was... Go- <laughs> I was going to let it go because I thought, oh, maybe just a slip of the tongue. No, no, but no. then you no. kept saying it. And then I said it, and I was like, no, that's not right. I said, Dummy. You think that the people from Wales are called the Welch. Yeah, like the things you do on a bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, learn to put vowels in your words, please. In 1975, she signed a three-record deal with RCA. Oh, big money. Uh, her first two prominent singles were Lost in France and It's a Heartache. No. I don't know those. Uh, it's a heartache. Goes. It's a heartache. I figured. It's like country disco. Oh wow! And then that's... Lost in France is like turn around, France. <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. Yeah. I All... assume every one of her songs <laughs> sounds like that. Probably would have made more money. <laughs> uh, so it's a heartache was like one of her biggest hits at the time. It peaked at number three in the U.S. and was her first major hit overseas. Ooh. So. Actually, kind of a big get for her. So I never realized that she wasn't like from the U.S. That's a very mm-hmm. United States outlook from you. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you've just said. Like for some I, reason, uh... I also didn't know, but I also very rarely think of Bonnie Tyler. So little, in fact, <laughs> that I didn't know who she was. With the exception of the last three weeks, <laughs> I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not until I incepted your brain with all that sweet Stupid Bonnie Tyler. Mark. Yeah, wait till uh, wait till we do D next time dave oh yay <laughs> just prepare for uh three weeks of ride the tiger because that's all it's gonna be all right so in 1976 uh she had a surgery to remove nodules on her vocal cords right she stated that during the surgery there was a bit of a mishap and they clipped her vocal cords Oof. oh right a doozy and during recovery she wouldn't stop talking like they were she was supposed to like not use her voice 
<laughs> keep your mouth shut. Bonnie yeah, the Tyler. quote, the quote, I had, the quote, the quote was adorable. She said, "During recovery, I was a bit of a naughty girl and couldn't stop talking." <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to be naughty about, right? Just and so it took up. her voice literally months to heal, like to get to the point. Oh man, back to sort of where it was at. And it gave her that trademark huskiness Uh-oh. That, that we now we know. know belongs to her voice. The Bonnie today. Tyler I know. Yeah. So you're saying the reason I'm not rich and famous is because I'm not husky voiced enough due to a botched surgery and then not following doctor's advice. Yes. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I the only reason agree. you're not famous <laughs> is because Dan and I haven't socked you in the throat hard enough yet. Yeah. Tonight's the night, gentlemen. <laughs> I'll clip your vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> Her voice before this had sounded like Good. really clear. Like an angel. It just sounded more conventional. And now it's a husky angel. Now it's like. Well, but yeah. she probably just sounded like everyone else. Conventional. You could say that. that that's the thing. Whereas it, now it, she's it definitely. Apart. Yeah, exactly. It definitely like really like raised her profile mm. in yeah. certain areas. Sounds like, oh, like a. Who's this, who's this woman with a gravelly voice? Yeah, it sounds like she had two black lungs as opposed to the one she had. <laughs> exactly. So she genetically was born with due to the coal mining yeah. father. <laughs> so in 1982, long after she'd kind of heal from the surgery uh, her contract with rca expired and she got herself a new manager which Uh-oh. is always the first thing you do when you want to be successful you fire that old manager yeah, get rid of them get that new and sexy manager uh so, <laughs> so after she she was like watching television one night and she saw meatloaf perform bad out of hell in its oh, entirety man. and she said i don't know who wrote the, any of those songs but i have to work with that person oh wow meatloaf right is what sold her on this right yeah now. yeah what was, an interesting thing to sell you although i do like some good dashboard paradise or whatever no mm-hmm. i don't like any meatloaf songs no oh not wow. a one not a one not a one what about not when, a one what about <laughs> when meatloaf shows up on a motorcycle in rocky horror picture show and sings i don't i've never seen rocky horror picture what? Show. you don't have to yeah yes, i don't do. care about it's it it's not good now i need to know what year it was made to see if i, can I think it's it in the 70s uh, dang it i think it's in the 70s never, i think it is in the 70s you'll yeah. never get me to watch it now yeah no I, I, that's gonna be a spicy take but i don't think that's a good movie agree to disagree <laughs> i am the decider and i side with mark thank you dan well, you've never seen it so you don't get an opinion oh i get an opinion <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so anyway she basically says i have to talk, i have to work with this guy uh and she reaches out through this new manager and he says oh man there's no way that this guy, whose name is Jim Steinman, mm-hmm. is ever going to work with you. Excellent work, man. I know, right? He's, <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, I'll put out some feelers, but like, I, I can't. He's probably going to ignore you because Damn. at that point, Jim Steinman had come off this huge like record, like Bad Out of Hell is mm-hmm. a masterpiece of like, sure. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a masterpiece. Sold, sold a lot of records, big seller in the U.S., he had just come off, uh, you know, literally writing Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which David mentioned. Two out of three ain't bad. Everyone yeah, knows that uh, one. It's all terrible. After, <laughs> it's all garbage. <laughs> it's all garbage. So Simon basically talks to her manager, mm-hmm. and he goes out and he buys a couple of her previous records, Yeah, listened to them, and said, I, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> It's like no, it just wasn't. It wasn't for him. Yeah, like, he's very like into like grandiose, oh, yeah. big music, and the, these are like sort of understated, kind of like country songs in some ways, mm. you know. So he uh, in 1982 he says to her, "Hey, come to my apartment. I'll play you some records. Let me know what you think, and we'll talk about it." He's already kind of like on the fence about her, and he plays for her. Uh, Have you ever seen the rain by Creedence Clearwater okay. Revival okay. and Going Through the Motions by the Blue Oyster Cult? Okay. Got you. Yeah, and so good music. Yeah, he plays for I her. Said, Don't worry about that. Uh, meatloaf trash I did <laughs> I got some real music for you he's gone downhill ever since he peaked in that movie Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he says to her, like, hey, what do you what do you think about these records? And she said, they're really cool. I like them a lot, which I think is like <laughs> yeah, these like smash hit <laughs> records. Yeah. You and everyone else, lady. Yeah. I think that's the proper answer no matter what. Right. Even if she hadn't liked them. Yeah. He could have tell the producer you liked them. And it could have been like Aerosmith played backwards. And you're like, yeah, that's the single best thing yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. In my he could have played me a cut of like an old Billy Joel song. He played me Vienna by Billy Joel. And <laughs> I, I would have been like, how much you hate Billy song Joel. Slaps. I never. It's a great song. Great. This is the single greatest performer of all <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to sit down and offer Mark a million dollars. I'm going to play Billy Joel's entire discography. And you must tell me nothing but compliments about it for the next two what days. What you do is you... I would f- do it for a million dollars. You, No kidding. <laughs> you mm-hmm. find out how much it is to hire Billy Joel for an hour and you handcuff him to Mark. Yes. Yeah. With Excellent. the piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, because I want to hear him go, you could have been a big shot. And then stupid Billy Joel. Now we have to pay for that. I know. <laughs> Under four bars. <laughs> we don't make any money. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll give you a cut of the proceeds <laughs> of nothing. <laughs> you go back out to me and tuck it, you dork. <laughs> <laughs> so much hatred. Yeah, it's so weird. She no says, "Hey, love. I love I love the songs." And he's like, "All right, cool." And what what he'd really done That's is like sold him on it. It was a 1980s version of a vibe check, man. He just had to know <laughs> that they were on the same page. Yeah, she lied. Yeah. So <laughs> For sure. He and he had said in an interview in like later years if she had said that she didn't like those songs, that he wouldn't have worked with her. Yeah, well, everybody knows that. That's what That's I'm saying. What like, how, how are you going to play a woman, you know, CCR <laughs> yeah. and be like, "Hey, do you like some of the greatest rock and roll ever?" <laughs> Oh, you do? That's weird. <laughs> That's good. Excellent. We can now collaborate. <laughs> so he says, cool, come back to my apartment in a couple weeks. A lot of apartment stuff in this. A lot of apartment. Does it take a weird turn? It's where Jim Steinman works. He does all of his best work in the apartment. Right. I know how those famous people be. And he says, come back to the apartment. I'll have something for you by then. Mm-hmm. So she takes off back across to uh, the country of Welch. And then... <laughs> <laughs> And then he has been working on a song called Vampires in Love. Okay. For <laughs> Sounds a, like a winner. <laughs> for a musical that had been based off of Nosferatu. Oh, good. Right? Yeah. Now that yes. song title makes more sense. This guy's on a roll. <laughs> yeah. So he'd kind of been like tooling around with it. And when he heard Bonnie Tyler's <laughs> voice, he said, I'm just going to rework this song. And I'm going to have it showcase her like vocal styling. Yeah. So he's going to rework he's, this he whole sounds song. sounds like a vampire. Yeah, and he's like, I just want to, I just want to air it out. Let's just, <laughs> let's just flex on the world in yeah. 1980. <laughs> a few weeks later, he says, "Hey, come back to the apartment." She does, and he has another musician there by the name of Rory Dodd. Rory Dodd. Rory Dodd. R O R Y. Maybe sounds very. Yeah, sounds very grapey. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, who could forget the strain of grapes, the Rorys. <laughs> the Rorys. Oh, Rory Dodd. <laughs> yep come on in like we're gonna play the song and they play for her an entirety total eclipse of the heart so this was a vampire song this was originally about this was originally about vampires in love i gotta be honest mark i did not know that this is new info not that the rest of it wasn't because it was new info like who did the song (laughs) vampires in love (laughs) vampires in love by patty lapew (laughs) it's uh has a different ring to it yeah Yeah, like, like he said if you like go back and listen to all the lyrics it's totally just about vampires being in love with each other and like wanting to express that in an opera like sense it's the weirdest thing ever yeah yeah I, steinman's kind of a crazy man sounds like it if you've ever seen the youtube video where they say what's actually happening in music oh, videos yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. that that actually uh, is probably closer to the original song where it's yeah like, now she's running past another waving curtain <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of waving curtains in that so video yeah, curtains. So much. Mm-hmm. ninjas smashing mirrors yeah <laughs> this oh, is yeah. a weird music video kids with bright eyes <laughs> 
Good okay. mark. You've contributed. <laughs> anyway, so he handpicks a band for her to like do the, They record this whole song. All goes really well. Guys, how long would you had to guess the initial cut of Total Eclipse of the Heart was? Oh, I, that well, the cut pretty now long. is like yeah, five yeah, I was minutes. Say, that song's uh-huh. long now. I bet it's like nine minutes long. Are we talking like Guns N' Roses November Rain <laughs> cut? Like 19 yeah. minutes long? No, it's not that far. Okay. Not that I think long. it's like nine minutes, the original cut. Dave says nine. I'll say 12. Dan says 12. Uh, total time was a flat seven minutes. Ooh. Oh. They we only cut it by like a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, so just let it run at that point. I know, right? Just just play them out. Play them out. So after they uh, get done with this in the studio, they're like, there's no way this song would ever make it on the airwaves anyway. So we're going to trim it from seven minutes to four and a half, which is its current runtime. Mm, so long still for a song. I know. Which yeah. is, that's what I thought, too. It's like nowadays, like you're lucky if a song gets to like three minutes on the radio. So it's funny, like Dave and I host trivia and sometimes I'll get a song like an old song from like the 50s. And all those songs are like under a minute, under two minutes yeah. to like two minutes and 20 mm-hmm. seconds. Uh-huh. And then you get to like the 70s and 80s and they, they get longer. And then like 90s and 2000s, it gets like shorter again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had a real interesting back and forth mechanic yeah yeah. well and the early reason it was short is because records could only hold so much audio so like they had to be short initially and now like technology we could do we could have 12 minute long songs we get alice's restaurant once technology (laughs) eventually (laughs) gets to the point where you can do whatever you want yeah that's not gonna get radio play now it's like not the technology it's our attention spans exactly i don't want to listen to a 30 minute cut of inagata davida yeah yeah i need need that makes one of us (laughs) i need a two and a half minute song and a minute 15 of that needs to be hooked I need you to save 30 seconds for a guitar solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I need. Steinman, after they're done recording it, he gives it to her. She is going to put it on her upcoming album, and he doesn't expect the song to do anything because it's just so outside the mainstream for the yeah. time. Vampire musical. Got it. Right. He said, <laughs> yeah. quote, he said, quote, it was an aria to me, a Wagnerian-like onslaught of sound and emotion. Yeah. Sounds. That's <laughs> also how I talk. Yeah. <laughs> That drives me nuts when people say stuff like that. Like, yeah. you've clearly thought this through, and like, this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to sound smart. And yeah. then everyone hears it, and they're like, what's up with this dude? Yeah. <laughs> well, Steinman, he's he's weird, because he was like a theater kid. That's how he's trying to like buy a newspaper on yeah. Main Street. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> what? 50 cents, dude. Just pay, just hand it over. <laughs> it's, it's taking so long. I, yes, feel, like, yes, I feel like we need to start... Greek s- tragedy. We should start <laughs> stealing stuff like that for this podcast. Like, Random Draw an 80s podcast is like the Guy Raz onslaught <laughs> audio aria it's a Wagnerian onslaught of incandescent stupidity yeah i will uh, once this gets released that was exactly what i will put in the show. yeah so he didn't think this song would like translate to pop culture at all hmm uh, they released the song, and of course, it immediately proves him wrong by yeah. rocketing up the charts. Let's play a fun game called What Countries Did This Song Reach Number One? Uh, New Zealand. Welch. Am I right? Wait, are, am I right with New They've Zealand? Got New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. I'll give you Welch. Welch. <laughs> the UK. <laughs> it hit number cheating. one in the UK. Yeah, the United States. The United States. That's three. How uh, many are we shooting for here? Four oh, more. Yeah, France. Four more. Nope, not France. Oh, man. Australia. Uh, Australia? Yeah, mm-hmm. baby. Asia. Two more? Nope. Asia. Who could forget the country of Asia? Asia. <laughs> Asia. Canada. Canada. Number five. And one more. One more. Real, real oddball. Iceland. Think farther south. Antarctica. Not, not as far as. <laughs> well done, Daniel. <laughs> you <laughs> went further south. Marginally less south. Too far south? <laughs> just, just a shade less south. Oh, okay. South Africa. South Canada. Africa. There that you go. That makes sense. So it's number one in all those countries. 
and she would become the first. I even wrote Welch in my notes. What an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> What an idiot. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. Uh, Tyler would, would become the first ever Welsh artist to reach number one in the U.S. Oh. Was, uh, yeah, good good achievement for good her. Good for her. How the many... first grape to hit number one in the U.S. God, I'm Welsh. so stupid. It's incredible that I'm allowed anywhere near a microphone. <laughs> or a computer. Right? How many copies of this song sold every day? How many so copies sold? This came out in the 80s, this but you came could out still buy singles. Yep, you could buy singles. Like a cassette and No, or... on iTunes, Dan. <laughs> yep, yep, as a cassette, or I guess even vinyl if you had it. 20,000 a day. 20,000 a day? Man, what is even like good record Yeah, I don't sales? know. I, I throw out a number. I mm-hmm. will say 50,000 a day. That seems high, though. Total like number we... of copies sold every day? Yeah. 60,000 copies. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Under it, I thought that was yeah. way more than it. For how long? The whole year. Basically, it would, it would, <laughs> it would basically, it went six times platinum. Oh, wow. Good for yeah. her. Which is like a thing that never happens so anymore. she's still yeah. sitting pretty on. Yeah, she's doing just fine. Uh, the song was also nominated for an, a Grammy for Best Female Vocal Pop Performance. Hmm. Lost to Irene Cara's Flashdance Ellipses. What a feeling. Oh, well, that's Aww. not fair. That was in a very famous movie. Yeah, it's yeah. not quite. That's cheating. Same. So you promised me some juicy downsides. Oh, there was song. some juicy controversy, Dave. I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, I it's been <laughs> stewing this whole time. You've been uh, like, I, need I started that hot goss. Well, because you started with a real crushing intro, and now it's really turning into wine near the end. I oh. thought it was. The, <laughs> See that? Lots of grape. So stupid. <laughs> I thought the downside was all the meatloaf talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's nice that you brought meatloaf back up, Dan. Oh, good. Because that's where our controversy comes oh, from. Oh, no, da, 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 uh, meatloaf said, "Hey, that's my song." That's writer. exactly what he said. Get out of here, meatloaf. He said Jim Steinman had said that he was going to give him two songs and one of them was vampire musical one of them <laughs> one of them was supposed to be total clips of the oh heart. you don't have the pipes for total eclipse of the heart meatloaf? man i'm trying to like hear in my head meatloaf singing total oh, eclipse of the heart. I, i'm telling you it's not gonna sell sixty thousand copies a yeah. day of meatloaf yeah. piping it out it was very much like awkward around the steinman apartment there for a little while because his biggest hit obviously was with tyler yeah and his most successful record was with meatloaf and it was like, I like you said it's awkward, like they all live together in his apartment. Yeah, it's a real threes company situation. <laughs> well, it's real estate's very expensive. Like a, a hit record only gets you so <laughs> much so cash. <laughs> that cash doesn't come in instantly. Yeah, it's like what happens when people stop being Welch and start being real. <laughs> So what happened? Did he sue? No. So there was no suing because oh. I mean technically it was never given to him because to he record. just said it out loud. Oh. Yeah, he, he said <laughs> yeah. it out loud. He's like, I was told by Steinman I was supposed to be given that song, and it hurt Meatloaf's feelings. Hurt his feelings a little bit, but not enough to stop him from working with Steinman pretty much immediately. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> he made him super rich. Yeah, yeah, I'm super upset. Also, make me more money. Also, how much more songs do you have? Yeah. Any more zombie songs? <laughs> 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 so he goes on to record with Steinman, "Bad Out of Hell 2, colon back into hell so stupid and uh, would later contribute with uh, bad out of hell three colon the beast is loose or something like like, that colon uh actually just gonna try my hand at soaring for a while (laughs) i'm gonna gonna try to stay out of hell this time yeah i'm gonna gonna glide and eat some bugs i'm actually gonna stay in hell it's (laughs) fine it's like uh, an hour and a half of the sounds of bats (laughs) using echolocation it's super super weird and then occasionally guano drops (laughs) it's like a weird bjork collaboration oh Oh, that would bjork would 
would make that. Yeah. Bjork and Meatloaf? Yeah. Bjorkloaf? Bjorkloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so the song has been covered uh, countless times by lots of different artists and remains one of her the best, one of the best-selling songs of all time. Anyone good cover it? I'm sure. Oh, okay. You don't have the reason. <laughs> yeah, Go I can look on. it up for you. Hold on. Now I need to know. Yeah, I'll just do it for Dan. Did the Foo Fighters cover it? What are they fighting? What are the Foo Fighters fighting? Foo. Yeah, but what is that? What is Foo? Yeah. It's what they're fighting. It's a <laughs> slang term for UFOs. Is that true? That's I think so. No, I, I really think it's up. true. You don't know I think that. it's like a World War II term for UFOs. Metallica yeah. apparently covered Total Eclipse of the Heart. I said good bands. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see um, Hannah Montana's doing a full album that covers Metallica? Miley Cyrus, you yeah. talking? I could listen to that. Could She's you? got a good voice. I like her voice. She's husky. She's got a husky voice. She's got yeah. a husky voice. It, mm, yeah, she's getting a wrecking ball through your heart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like, like if it. she did a cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart, it would just sound like the original. Yeah, so what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> this is Bonnie Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie I'm familiar Le Pew. with this artist, Bonnie Le Pew. <laughs> uh, as a little button on the story, she performed the song on a cruise ship during the August 21st, 2017 Total Eclipse and has said that anytime there is a total oh. eclipse, streams and downloads of the song skyrocket, which that, makes her yeah, even that, more money. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yep. That's like uh, the TikTok video of the guy on the skateboard playing Fleetwood Max Dreams. I know. I just saw that video the other day. It's a great video, but it's like two minutes long, and he's riding a skateboard, and he's drinking uh, <laughs> ocean, spray. ocean spray. And it's to Fleetwood Max Dreams, which is like a super popular song during the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it went back up to number one after this, like wow. millions of downloads yeah. and stuff. All we need to do is get one famous song. You just None need of us, one. Dave and I aren't what we call good singers. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> it's because no. our, our uh, music boxes haven't been clamped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's I, get in there and root around a little bit. Let's just say that <laughs> I sing like I would imagine Bonnie Le Pew would actually uh, sound yeah. like. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I that's agree. the story of Total Eclipse Total of the Total Eclipse heart. of Mark's Heart. Turn around, Bradas. I take it away. I can't wait to try to forget about that song until Saturday when we walk out of Dan's house and we're singing it again. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm going to move on to Holding Out for a Hero, Dave. So Dang it. Oh, man, that's up. a good one. That's a good one, too. Jim Steinman as well. Great. Good. I'm glad good. celebrate his whole catalog. I hope it got awkward in his apartment again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. To be clear, Meatloaf, this one's not for you. It's for Bonnie. Yeah. Mr. Loaf, could you please calm down? <laughs> Senior Loaf. <laughs> all right. I will be going second tonight, and I will be talking about the 1980s cartoon G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. But not the... Not the cartoon itself. I want to talk about the PSAs following the cartoon. Oh, oh whenever they would be like, hey, knowing kids. is half the battle. Yeah, wash your hands because it's better than not washing your hands. Because <laughs> knowing that, is half the battle. That is essentially it. <laughs> so, so PSA, of course, public service announcement. So G.I. Joe, the PSA specifically ran from 1985 to 1987, just two years. I feel like more shows should do that. <laughs> so there are 35 of these PSAs, and I have watched them all today. <laughs> oh, my God. God, you like, have to be the most well-adjusted. They're like kind twenty human. seconds long, so it's not like a huge time sink, uh-huh. but it is thirty-five PSAs. So, <laughs> so I'm watching these PSAs, and my wife hears it, and she's like, "What are you doing?" Because it's just like talking, and then you hear "GI Joe." <laughs> And then, like, 20 more seconds of talking, then, G.I. Joe, and mm-hmm. 35 times in a row. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm watching these PSAs. She's like, how come shows don't do PSAs anymore? Yeah. And I was like, I have no idea. I uh-huh. think they should. Wait, so you don't have an answer? I don't have Of an why an- they don't anymore? No idea. Well, now I'm disappointed. Well, why? I, that's 
That's them. You know, Dan, I'm noted media schmoover and shaker. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the 80s, baby. I don't think another real good PSA happened until Animaniacs had the Wheel of Morality. And yeah. that was just nonsense. I have to say a lot of these PSAs really were like kids doing super dumb things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Playing adults fire. going like, yeah, don't do that. Like, yeah, don't play with matches. But some of them, I'll tell you, <laughs> I actually... Get needle out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that? You don't put that there. The reason I remember this is because I actually learned something from this PSA when I was a kid. And it's literally stuck with me my whole life was it don't throw molotov cocktails at the playground nope that's super specific that wasn't one of them okay but, <laughs> sorry different but, childhood, different but childhood. it was how to tread water oh and i as a kid growing up i was still learning how to swim i was only like five to seven years old during this so i was like prime learning to swim age mm-hmm. and treading water was like a foreign first off terrifying like i'm clearly <laughs> going to drown my body doesn't just stay up uh-huh. so Get fatter, i man yeah, yeah. mine does no nope, i was the skinniest little pencil kid as a child so i <laughs> I wasn't floating anywhere. I'm like a buoy. If you painted me red, you could just leave me. I'd be fine. you just be like, doom. <laughs> That's a visual joke, but I did it yeah. anyway. It was, a good, it was a good gag. He swayed good. back and forth like a buoy. Yeah, I put my hands on my side. <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was something else. Yeah, yeah I learned how to tread water in this. And, and in the PSA, watched again today, they are like on a cliffside and the kid's friends run away and the ground breaks from under him and he falls in the water and he just starts losing it. Oh, so a common everyday occurrence. Yeah, and and he's like, ah, help me, everybody. And then somebody comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Torpedo comes okay. up. Yeah. And okay. he's just like, <laughs> he doesn't save the child. Well, no, you have he to goes, teach him how to fish, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, calm down. <laughs> the child calms down. Which uh-huh. is a great thing to yell at a child who is currently drowning. Drowning, yeah. <laughs> calm and, down. And then he gives him very, very specific instructions on how to tread water. Now begin scissoring your legs in and out, making figure eights with your hands. And meanwhile, this kid is slowly drowning, <laughs> but gets it. Mm-hmm. So, he so starts, then he's slowly drowning. He's slowly drowning, <laughs> and then the guy's like, all right, I guess I should save. Yeah. But he, he doesn't. He treads water. And uh, everybody now that you've has- learned your lesson, let Torpedo rescue you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all these things happen, and they all end the same way, right? The kid says, "Well, now I know." And then and the, knowing is half yeah, the battle. Yeah, the GI Joe like cuts to the screen and looks straight into the audience, and <laughs> and knowing's half the battle. And then GI Joe uh-huh. thirty-five times <laughs> <laughs> today. <laughs> today. I have a whole list of all these titles, and I mean, some of them make a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> running away is not the answer, featuring shipwreck. I disagree. If it's uh, like a bear or something, no, it's if talking it's about a... running away from your family. Oh, okay. If it appears to be an urgent medical problem, yeah, I, I do say running away. <laughs> it was funny because the kids like, my parents are mean. I'm running away, and shipwreck appears out of nowhere and goes, "Yeah, that'll teach him you be mean back and run away." That's not the answer. And then it was very confusing, but the kid agreed in the end. <laughs> Stay in an abusive relationship. Yeah, because knowing is half the battle. Don't, don't run away, small child. <laughs> the one I found most troubling was it's not even the most troubling. It's just so poorly worded. It's called "Don't judge people until you give them a chance." <laughs> That is yeah, what it's called. I, I, but it's sort of what we do, is or what we should do. Isn't Which you it? Should, like, it's, I wish there was like three dots after it. Because then it's like, okay, then you can judge them. After then, you see how terrible mm-hmm. they truly are, <laughs> feel free to judge them. It, in the don't judge people until you give them a chance PSA, it was Gung Ho, who was the Marine. Mm-hmm. And these three boys were skateboarding. And then a girl asked to join. And they're like, no way, you're a girl. 
And then Gung Ho steps in and goes, you don't say. And then demands that they let her. And then she's great at skateboarding, right? Mm -hmm. And then he goes, you don't judge people until you give them a chance. And I was like, well, that's not the message, right? That's not the Like, just don't judge people. Mm -hmm. But, like, once you give them a chance, can't you sort of judge them at that point? I don't think you should. You shouldn't be judging people. But this is kind of giving you a way out. Like, like I gave you a chance. Yeah, I gave you a chance. Turns out I still hate you. (laughs) Right. Like, my initial reaction, hatred. And then I said, no, no, no. And I gave you a chance. Yeah. Later reaction, still hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Gung- still, still <laughs> bewildering <laughs> hatred. I couldn't, when I first, you walked up and I couldn't bear the sight of you. <laughs> and then Gung Ho in my head was like, no, you have to give them a chance. Mm-hmm, and then I mm-hmm. did. And I can't stand you <laughs> so much. This PSA, I think, is just the crux of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's just all of us yeah. being like, I know I, tr- I gave you a chance and now I hate you. But like, I've given you. <laughs> I've given you 12 years of a chance, uh-huh. and now, like, I just, I'm in too deep. I every, can't. I mean, listen, every Saturday I give you guys another chance. Yeah. Give and chance. every Saturday you walk away going, Mark, turn around. Turn around. Turn around. I can do so much better. I do so much better. But then you don't. But a lot of these. <laughs> it's comfortable. <laughs> Some of these are, are really funny, and some are just like, okay, you, your parents should teach you that, right? Like uh-huh. one, Theoretically. Like a kid was just walking up to this dog who is just growling at him. And <laughs> as like, you do. As he gets closer, he's like, whoa, wait a minute. And then the dog doesn't bite him, but the G.I. Joe mutt comes out <laughs> oh, wow. and gives him the idea. So this is what I got from this more than anything are some of these names are so wild. And I guess I, as a kid, I just you'd never, you'd never didn't think, think about it. it. Yeah. I didn't know most of the names as a kid, actually. Well, yeah. I have one for you. There was some kids out in the snow and they saw a frozen lake. So uh-huh. one kid goes sliding across it, falls in the lake, cracks, and his two friends start going out on the ice to get him. Oh, and then they taught you how to lay down on ice. and No, no, no. The uh, G.I. Joe snow job... <laughs> <laughs> comes no, down no no <laughs> yeah. no i don't care for that <laughs> snow job comes oh, down okay. and tells them to put a branch out and drag him in because if more people go out more weight on the ice yeah uh-huh. wise words from snow job <laughs> <laughs> make sure you use your hands oh. kids <laughs> So also uh, one where there was a kid in a treehouse and his friend goes, oh, my gosh, when did you build that treehouse? He goes, two days. I didn't even use plans. And then the treehouse collapses. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like the chutzpah of that kid, though. Yeah. Like, two I built days, it in two days. No didn't plan, use plans. No, no plans. I only need plans, bro. I only had three nails. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it collapses. But don't worry, it didn't fall because he's caught by G.I. Joe Quick Kick, who's an <laughs> Asian gentleman. Yikes. Oh, and I the, hate everything about the that. The PSA on this one was anything worth doing is worth planning. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. so follow the plan. I guess. I, I guess, sure. Yeah. There was actually good information. One, a kid falls down and gets a nosebleed. G.I. Joe Footloose comes in and teaches him how to stop a nosebleed, which and is good. Also to dance. And then, <laughs> not in this city. <laughs> Illegal. A lot of them were Flint, like the, the normal ones, like Flint and Scarlet and Lady J mm-hmm. uh, were the big ones. There was a Native American G.I. Joe named Spirit who was teaching kids what to do if they catch on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Stop, drop, and roll, baby. Yeah. I remember that one, actually. He covered him in a blanket first because (laughs) because the kid was putting wood on the fire, and then his arm got on fire. (laughs) 
<laughs> and his friend just was just like, run to the lake. <laughs> run to the lake. And so he starts taking it off and Spirit comes out of nowhere like, no, 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 don't do that. Like throws a blanket on him. Run to the lake. And then, because animations weren't this great, he throws the blanket on him and like lays him down and he's clearly like trying to roll him, but it just looks like he's like rolling a cigar. So, <laughs> like moving him back and forth. It's so, it was so weird. The first thing you have to do is make sure that your tobacco is really packed in tight. Yeah. The, <laughs> The fire G.I. Joe was named Barbecue. That's what I learned. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Well, some of these are sweaty. Yeah. Some of these are like really on the nose. Yeah. The um, <laughs> This is a great one. So a guy is like at a mall and he like passes out and he falls to the ground. And they're like, somebody help him up. The G.I. Joe airtight comes in. <laughs> It says, says like, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't understand what his power was. It wasn't clear in this video. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But he was like, no, don't move them. They could have hurt their neck. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Yeah, it was. It made sense. That is some airtight advice. Because as a child, like if someone falls, like I should help them up. Yeah, but it's you should not help them up. I love, I love it because I can just picture like some of these could get real fun. Like you'd have a kid who's like oh my parents don't know how to file their taxes and then meanwhile like a guy named tightwad runs up and he's just like let me show you how to file your taxes let me get Uh, my deductibles do they have the right forms (laughs) yeah i mean some of them are are normal like dusty and ripcord was the guy that jumps out of yeah i remember him there's 35 of them they're they're insane so you can watch them all in one big clip is what I did on uh, YouTube. So this gained popularity again in around 2003 when really? a guy started doing parodies of these. <laughs> okay. I've seen these parodies. Oh my gosh, they're unbelievable. So I was watching them again. Amber did not think they were funny, but man, I was dying. <laughs> Candy also does not think <laughs> yeah. these are funny. Must so, be a guy thing. Who knows? So in these in these parodies, it's the same video and it's just a voiced over. <laughs> it's just like a bad dub. It's not even a bad dub. It's just like everything is replaced. <laughs> and it's just like, I'll, I'll, we'll show it's you some crazy. after the show. Okay. It's just bananas. Maybe we'll put them in the footnotes. No, we will not because okay, a lot mind. of them are very offensive. Okay, <laughs> never mind. They are not the cleanly level of this show. No, they are, uh, but they are also out there. And most likely, if you go to YouTube and search G.I. Joe PSAs, that is what you will find. <laughs> it was harder for me to Whoops. find normal PSAs than it was to find parody PSAs. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I Gladly. I think I distinctly <laughs> remember wrong. Captain Planet having like some of these PSAs. His PS, he did, but his PSAs yeah. were very specific. Mm-hmm. Okay, these like guys they're covering everything. Such. Yeah, they taught me how to tread water. Bro. Okay, yeah, like, his P- Captain Planet's PSAs were like, "Hey, don't build a giant tank-looking thing with saws on four sides of it that cut down forest with mm-hmm. no gain to anyone for no reason whatsoever, other that- than just to destroy the environment." <laughs> yeah, that's super specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just talking about most Captain Planet episodes <laughs> yeah. when you were yeah. like, who. Who's, who's the capitalist making money on this? Yeah, like, who's clear-cutting forest making billions? That doesn't why? check out. <laughs> it's it's when they're like dumping like toxic waste. Then you're like, oh, I see. Like oh, somebody, yeah, some yeah. Mister Moneybag is coming out. On yeah, he's that. he's got a contract to get rid of your toxic waste, and he's not paying the money to do it properly. Oh, no, he's dumping it in the ocean, and Captain Planet's not having that. Right? Yeah, and you know who's not going to help much though? Heart. <laughs> Yeah, the best PSA I think I ever remember seeing as a kid, and it's a thing I do to this day, is like clipping the plastic rings on like a six pack of anything. 
Yeah, I always clip those because I don't want sea turtles to choke on them. There was one in here in the G.I. Joe PSAs where the kids were playing hide-and-go-seek and the kid had hid inside of an old refrigerator and he could not get out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this is like, that is a harsh one. And then uh, there's kids inside spray-painting their bikes. They're like, this bike's going to look so awesome. And it's like in an enclosed garage. <laughs> They're just getting high. <laughs> like, open the door like, whoa, you need ventilation. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's all whoa, kind it's of so fun. It's so cold outside. Yeah. We have to turn on the heat. That's what it's all kind of funny yeah but i'm like wow this is just like i i'm a 40 year old man they're it's good all lessons. common sense yeah, they're good lessons for kids and for sure i think that's something i've not really seen in most modern day cartoons is just actual good lessons like they're entertaining they're colorful but yeah and some of them weren't even lessons like this girl was trying to learn how to water ski she fell down she was like forget it i quit and scarlet showed up in the water was just like <laughs> like out of nowhere <laughs> in the middle of this lake and scarlet just pops up and she's like, no, don't quit. Like, you're never good. At, did you learn how to ride a bike? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, well, you didn't give up on that or some nonsense like that mm-hmm. that got her back on the jet skis. Very stick to it. <laughs> it was funny because in the end of it, she like water skis by and now Scarlet is behind like the buoy barrier. <laughs> like the, the deep water. <laughs> Wait a minute. G.I. <laughs> Joe. Didn't make any sense. I like it. It, it was good. So That's this was, uh, if again, check them out on YouTube. They're hilarious. Did you like find out why they were made? Was it just like as filler or? Well, they're not very long. So they're all like 20 seconds long. They're all really fast. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they just need a little extra or somebody thought it was a good idea. But there's like almost nothing about them on the internet other than the parodies. Because they were like <laughs> so big. They kind of took this over it was harder to find any information about the normal thing but i could picture them getting like kickback from like the ad counselor or something that's what so that's who sponsored it was oh, like, okay. the, yeah. like the youth ad council or some uh-huh. nonsense like that but i mean i don't know how any of that works but the good advice men. they do good they do good work if you have a children let them watch gi joe first off nobody gets shot ever yeah and there's no bullets there's just lasers there's lasers and nobody and gets hit we're like if you thought stormtroopers had <laughs> yeah. bad this elite crack team can never no. hit anyone nobody's getting hurt in gi joe yeah. <laughs> nobody can get shot no one gets shot so that is the gi joe psa's 1985 cool, to 1987 cool. oh, those only lasted two years huh two years the cartoon lasted four years psa is just two years so man but i for some reason i thought that cartoon was on in the 90s but i was it, i'm sure reruns were yeah that's probably when i saw most that's of when them, i but, saw it yeah yeah but, but i was a uh, that was prime cartoon watching age there's so many of those like trashy like animated shows so in the good. 80s like so good trans- transformers oh my gosh yeah that shows more than meets the eye Ugh. i don't think mark got it I don't <laughs> no think i got mark it got no it. i got it yeah it's just slow blinked you <laughs> <laughs> uh that brings us to our main topic of the evening and to give us that main topic it's David Hubbard. Our main topic this evening is Flash Gordon. Ah. Oh man, so good. So I <laughs> Flash. I ah. am a giant sci-fi nerd to begin with. And so <laughs> can I bring in great. can I break in here a second? Sure. And just say that sometimes when I hear the Flash Gordon theme song, I also think of Flash Beagle from Charlie Brown. I like don't know, uh, I don't know what that is. Okay, never mind. Cool. So that's just me talking to all the boomers out there. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's Flash Beagle? Flash Beagle, or uh, you know, Snoopy goes to like the dance club with he's got like sweatbands on his hands and legs and on his head, and he dances. Do you know this? Flash mm-hmm. Beagle. I, I know, and I've actually seen a lot of peanuts. 
Because cool. I'm familiar with like the Red Baron. Yeah. Yeah. But no, okay, never mind. Don't you worry. None of this is staying in the episode. Yep. Get rid of it. <laughs> Make sure it's in there so that everybody knows what we have to deal with. No, no, no. I've already listen. I, it's already been decided that I think that the people from Wales are called Welch. So yeah, the best. I've was, had my moment. That's funny though. That's <laughs> all staying. When you said it the first time, I was like, mm. and then <laughs> you just kept I was, going. Well, I thought maybe you know, like slip of the tongue, no big deal to bring it up. Then you said it again. I was like, then you corrected yourself, <laughs> yeah. which was good. Yeah, and then I found it in my stupid notes. <laughs> so this has been an ongoing God. issue. The All right, Welch. go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. So Flash Gordon, I'm talking oh. about... <laughs> you have to do it every time. Every like, time. Not to. Yep, that's the plan. Uh, I am talking about, of course, the movie from 1980. I am not talking about the comic book series from 1934 no. that it's actually based that's on. a bit behind yeah, where nor, we're doing. Nor the movie from 1936 or the one from 1940 or the TV series from 1954 or the other movie from 74 or the Good two TV Lord. series from 79 and 96 and the more current a Mo- Flash Gordon a modern space opera from 2007 on the Sci-Fi Channel. How on earth does any of this garbage get made? Because of people like Dave. This yeah. is Dave's yeah. fault. <laughs> this is Dave's fault. We You're have to welcome have world. 50 renditions of <laughs> right of Flash Gordon. In my defense, I was only alive for two of these things. <laughs> uh, Still, yeah, the you... sin falls upon you, <laughs> Dave Hubbard. Dark Horse actually just put out uh, large books containing all the original comic books in uh, like two different oh, volumes. Man, so uh, Omnibus, those are called. Yeah. Mm. I have. I comic actually owned nerd, a Dark Horse so. Omnibus of the Aliens vs. Predator comics. Oh, oh really? Look at you. And I that, keep that thinking guy. that maybe I want to read comic books and then I just don't. <laughs> my problem with reading comic books is it's like less than five minutes and then i'm done yeah and the comic book's over i've tried to take time and stare at the art and it's just you gotta get an omnibus yeah to go through that oh like an hour (laughs) i know i'm getting dave for christmas yep we're all getting you omnibuses of flash gordon flash gordon omnibus (laughs) well so flash gordon was a based originally on the very popular comic book at the time roy rogers oh man and so they were trying to come up with a comic book to compete with roy rogers and so a lot of chicken in that comic book (laughs) yeah i I think one of my favorite things ever and i looked everywhere and i so couldn't dumb. i couldn't find joke. this but there was a stage musical of flash gordon that was <laughs> only made in 1989 and showed in one florida theater <laughs> oh it's the saddest <laughs> couldn't, theater couldn't get a hold of this huh i couldn't find it anywhere unfortunately. you don't say it's like a community uh, yeah, theater, a community <laughs> theater. <laughs> flash gordon. Flash. it's like uh it's like uh, romeo and juliet from uh, hot fuzz <laughs> So uh, have you guys ever been on one of those rides where like you sit there and the ride itself is enclosed and it sort of like shakes and vibrates the seats and you're watching a movie or something? Mm -hmm. So the very first one of those rides was a Flash Gordon rocket ride. That's crazy. Flash Gordon rocket ride. It it was at the 1939 New York City World Fair. Oh, Oh, man. I bet that was big business. Apparently, the seats vibrated a bit. Hello. (laughs) 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 It's like one of those beds in a cheap hotel. Yeah. (laughs) It just shakes. Uh. But like that, that is how big Flash Gordon is as a thing. Finally. I had no idea. You it's because no it's not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, not at Well, is... to a point, though, because Flash Gordon has influenced, like, a lot of early superheroes. So, yeah, I know, like, George Lucas, like, loved it. Oh, very much so. But he um, ruined Star Wars, so what are you going to say yeah. about that? Superman's, Superman's uniform and tights and cape are based on costumes worn by Flash Gordon. Bob Kane's drawing of Batman on the cover of the very first Batman, number 27, that was based on a Flash Gordon character in a 1937 Flash Gordon comic. Oh, so, like, even our modern 
modern day, a lot of our comic books are based on just that. People Hawkman for, close. Well, Hawkman, for instance, that was based on the Hawkman of Flash Gordon's universe. Hotman. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are talking about Flash Gordon. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what's Hotman? That's the reason they call him Flash. Oh, Flash. Oh, Mr. Hotman. <laughs> uh, he's been referenced a ton of times. Uh, Flash Gordon was referenced in Infinity War. Iron Man mockingly refers to Star Lord as Flash Gordon because they sort of look similar in appearance a lot of the time. He, I mean, I say he, a fictional character, has influenced a nope. ton of the pop culture that we all really enjoy. Uh, so it is kind of interesting that it's still a thing. I also watched some clips of the 2007 thing from sci-fi. Yeah. It's like a bad OC show. <laughs> oh, no. Like it, it doesn't even know that it's supposed to be semi-comedic. Like, it's yeah. just They're, bad. The actors were unaware. It's yeah. just really overwrought. Yeah. It got canceled real quick. That checks out. Yeah, it was real bad. There were some changes in the 1980 movies to start out with. So, for instance, in the comic books... Do you know what sport he played? Uh, Flash Gordon. Soccer. He was a decathlon. Mm. Decathlete. <laughs> he was a decathlon. <laughs> he was a decathlon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he played polo in the original oh, comic book. Oh, okay. Hard he, to relate to that. <laughs> well, uh, whereas he's the quarterback for the New York Jets in the movie. And then yeah, that's movie. A fancy little rich boy playing yeah. polo. Oh, I play polo. I Let me gather horse. my 10 horses and play a game of polo <laughs> with my good pals at Yale. <laughs> I have to say, one of my favorite things in doing this was like the first thing I did is go to IMDb and I read the synopsis of the 1980 movie. And here we go. A football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves <laughs> fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save the so Earth. Many M's. Oh, is that where Ming the Merciless comes from? Yes, then, huh? that is where Ming the Merciless comes okay. from. Okay. From planet Mongo. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Well, so I was watching this movie as I was doing research for this the other day, and Candy has never seen it. And so she walks by as I'm watching this movie, and she looks at the screen, and she's like, what is this? This looks dumb. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is Flash Gordon. I started to explain a little bit, and she puts up one hand like to stop <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, this isn't Star Trek, and then just walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> she's right. Yeah. yeah, she's right. Yeah, I like that she wasn't willing to suffer it with you. No. Yeah, she's like, only give, she gives you one like thing you can make her yeah. suffer, and that is it. Like, yeah, that's you will what not, I've learned. You will not put me through Flash Gordon. <laughs> no, no, no. Shut your mouth. I'm allowed to put Star Trek on yeah. this, but this was too far. <laughs> Flash Gordon, a bridge too far. <laughs> so if you've never seen this movie, I mean, it is a ridiculous 1980s movie. It, what it, year did the movie get come out? 1980. Oh, Hello. right on the money. Huh? Yeah, Just like on me. the money, 1980. Just like Dan. Just like me. That Damn. same year I came out. Mm. So it came out so like speak. on the tales of Star Wars and Star Trek The Motion Picture. And mm -hmm. so like... These, so close. these huge movies had come out right before it and made a lot of money. And we'll get to how this movie did later. <laughs> <laughs> we got a real winner. <laughs> like, all oh, sci-fi's big now. <laughs> so a ton of people tried to make this exact movie before that. And the most famous of all, who tried desperately to get the rights to it. And then when he failed to get the rights to Flash Gordon... He made like a little side project called Star Wars as a consolation prize. But George Lucas. Mm. Yeah. Then he went on to ruin it. Yeah. Yep. Wanted to make Flash Gordon. <laughs> he would have just ruined Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> just would have put a bunch of actors with zero chemistry standing stiffly on screen. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen Flash Gordon? <laughs> okay, never mind then. I have, uh, yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just trying to think through, like, how different this movie would be if George Lucas had actually made this movie. And I'm not sure it would have been better, 
but yeah. I'm not sure it would have been who, worse. Who played Flash Gordon? Probably an all-American guy, Bucky Rogers. <laughs> Good one. Uh. Sam J. Jones played Flash Gordon. Oh, you Sam. don't know him from anything? No, I don't. But here's the thing. Incomparable I'm, Sam J. Jones. Well, I'm going to leave him for last because, man, the best stories, that's where they're at. Oh, from Jones? Yeah, Jones is a fascinating human. I heard his name, a... I immediately botched it, too. I was like, you know, Sam A. Jones. Listen. <laughs> Jack, over here. I, is he Welch? <laughs> <laughs> He's no Bonnie Le Pew. He's, He's no, no Bonnie, Bonnie Le Pew. Le Pew. <laughs> Flash Gordon did release internationally when it released mm-hmm. in 1980. And for the most part, of course, it's just a dude's name. So that's fine. But... It did have some interesting translations around the world. So if okay. you saw Flash Gordon in Sweden, you saw Blixt Gordon. I have actually <laughs> eaten a Blixt Gordon. Once. It's delicious. Oh, yeah, so, so, yeah cream-filled Blixt Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Is that chocolate like a chocolate covered? treat? Or? It, no, it's kind of like a Blintz. <laughs> But oh, it's, gotcha. But it's got an Amer- it's got American chocolate in it. Well, have you tried the Japanese delicacy, Farashu Goden? <laughs> Yeah, you know what that is? It's Gordon's it's a, fisherman. It's a creature you pull out of the sea. It's That's go- what that is. It's Gordon's fisherman, like frozen fish patties. Well, what kills me is <laughs> Gordon. It's Gordon Fishstick's uh, Fugu brand. Yeah. Like <laughs> Fugu. What kills me is that like the rest of them at least tried to keep the foundation of what it was, unless you saw it in a French theater in Canada, and then his name was. <laughs> Guy Leclerc, <laughs> just, just nothing yeah, to do with Flash my Gordon. Name is, my name is Guy Leclerc. Uh, I am superhero Guy Leclerc. Oh, oh sacre bleu. The dread is palpable. <laughs> Isn't he a hockey player, Guy, Guy Leclerc? <laughs> Guy Leclerc? There's like no way be. that the football angle worked up there. No, no, no. no. Oh, this field is too narrow. <laughs> he plays for the Argonauts. <laughs> Oh, I see a rough rider. (laughs) (laughs) So if you've ever seen this movie, first of all, I really do like it. But I think that I like it as much because it's a bad nostalgic experience Mm -hmm. as much as that it's actually a good movie. I will at no point during this argue that this is a good movie. Thank goodness. (laughs) I'd hate for that to be a hill you have to die on there. (laughs) No, I would would seppuku myself on that hill. Some of the main characters, uh, Melody Anderson starred as Dale. She didn't do much else in acting, but after this, she got her doctorate in uh, social work and actually has spent the last bunch of years in Canada working with families impacted by addiction. Like, she's actually a legitimately good human being and by all accounts was wonderful to work with. Yeah, she she could have saved Guy Leclerc. Probably working (laughs) kids through the trauma of having to sit through Flash Gordon. (laughs) Yes, well... It actually makes a lot of sense, given that she co-starred with Sam J. Jones, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> oh, no. Sam J. Jones, a.k.a. Guy Leclerc. <laughs> so, uh, Chime to Paul was Dr. Hans Zarkoff. Chime uh, to Paul? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. It I can't imagine you are. It could actually be Chaim <laughs> to Paul, because he's a Jewish actor. Oh, okay. And yeah. he uh, is actually most famous for playing Tevia and Filler on the Roof, if you've ever seen that. No. He mm-hmm. is much thinner in this, and he is much bigger in Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof. But uh, I have been in that play. It's good stuff. Who are Fun. you in Fiddler on the Roof? Who do he you was think the I roof. was? I was the roof. <laughs> I was the fiddle. It was very I'm the uncomfortable. Fiddle. I'm the mag- oh, play me on the roof. <laughs> it's like the Moulin Rouge with the guys like the magical sitar player. Anyway, never mind. That's, that joke's for like three people out there. <laughs> Max von Sydow, who has been in a ton of stuff. He's been in over 150 movies. He was in The uh, Seventh Seal. 
Yeah, he was also in The Hello. Exorcist, is yep, one of the most as, famous as of the movies. The, uh, as Father... Well, I forget what his name yep. is, but he I've never seen the down the... Anyway, yeah, that was a, a good scary, film. That'd be a scary movie. He fights Pazuzu. <laughs> he was also in Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> oh. Oh, was he in Conan yeah. the Barbarian? Yeah, Judge Dredd. He's in Game of Thrones. Oh, like... he was in Judge Dredd. He plays, well, yeah. he plays that marshal that gets outlawed mm-hmm. to the Wastelands. What, what yep. was he in uh, Game of Thrones? The uh, uh, Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is why you didn't recognize him. He was a raven with three eyes. No, yeah. dummy. <laughs> Dave, it's metaphor. No, dummy. It's a metaphor, It's a metaphor, dummy. Yeah, he's like, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's like a wildly, like highly regarded well, actor. So they got some weirdly high profile people to be in this. Timothy Dalton was in this. James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton was James Bond in the eighties. Then yeah, late eighties. Oh man, eighty-seven, eighty-nine. He's kind of the worst Bond, right? I don't know. No, Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye was good. No, it wasn't. Yeah, okay. it was. the video game was good. <laughs> yeah, me playing him as a video game character. Here's hmm. the fun fact: hmm. none of the Bond is good. I don't know. I none like, of it. I like James Bond. I think okay. it's perfectly fine. I wouldn't like argue that it's amazing, but I think it is perfectly fine. I just don't. I can't get into it. It's too. I don't know how to say it. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I do know how to say it. You know who's not lame, Dan? Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed. <laughs> he played uh, Prince Voltan, so he was basically the guy with the big wings, the main character with the giant wings uh, and the big beard. He, so he is very famous in Britain, not in so much Welch. in America. The only place you guys would know him, uh, he was the voice of Boss Nass in Phantom Menace. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's probably, that's like the only <laughs> yeah. thing I could find that I recognized him from. That is awesome. Uh, I, I would, uh, I'd like to see a clip of him just violently shaking his head to do that weird sound that he made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, so he apparently loved <laughs> shooting this movie. Me. Like, he adored it to the point that, like, anytime shooting was going on, of course, it's all laser guns. He would be like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great the only time. thing to do. <laughs> it's having a great time. Yeah. He really, really enjoyed his time making this movie. <laughs> so all the guys who had to wear wingsuits, they were obviously not very functional and they were very heavy. So it turns out they couldn't sit down in them or it like dug into their backs very painful. So anytime there were breaks on set, all of these dudes with the wings had to just lay on their stomachs. (laughs) (laughs) And so all the crew would crack up because it just looked like this this flock of birds is about to take off. (laughs) Meanwhile, a man who would later go on to uh, found the group Flock of Seagulls is like, (laughs) I feel suddenly inspired. There's something to this Flesh Gordon. Yeah. Ornella Mutai was okay. Princess Ara, and she well done. is hard to understand. So she's a friend, or she was born in Italy, and this was the first film that she was ever in where she spoke English. Oh, okay. And it sort of shows. It's pretty obvious she's not a native speaker. Very much so. And you wouldn't really know her for much, but she was very famous in Italy, not for movies, mm-hmm. not for TV shows. Mm-hmm. She was very famous for being in one specific commercial. And I would oh. like you two to tell me what the product is she's famous for advertising. Oh. I'm going to say toothpaste. Anything I say will probably give it away. I'm going to mm. say... Toothpaste. Shampoo. Shampoo? Yeah. So you think shampoo and toothpaste are Together. big Italian sellers. Could be wine. You just said commercial. <laughs> she was is famous... It spaghetti? Pasta Pasta? <laughs> she was famous for Giovanni Panzani pasta commercials. Oh, that's oh, fine. Man. Okay. <laughs> I eat the I pasta mean, and the look at the beautiful. <laughs> here's the deal. I already, I had already botched Welch. I wasn't gonna just say pasta. That's, I've already, that's offend, I've already greatly offended one group of people. Tonight. I only try to offend one European country a show. <laughs> That's right. I've used mine on the Welch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do Italy. So she's very famous over there. And then I ended up down this 
real weird internet rabbit hole. Of <laughs> Wait, pasta. you mean a weird where, rabbit hole on the internet? Yeah, no. where I right. got to a list of the top celebrity insured body parts. Hmm. Oh, does anyone want to take a guess at how much her breasts were insured for during the filming of this film? Well, oh, man, this is huh? the country of Silvio Berlusconi. Yeah. Nineteen eighty, Berlusconi. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna say those things were insured for. Are we talking lira or are we talking no, let's U.S. Just dollars? U.S. dollars. US dollars. US dollars? <laughs> I don't know the conversion now, nor in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I can't convert it in 1980 dollars to oh, yeah, modern dollars. This is 80s. Yeah, this is like 80s, 80s dollars. Money. Those things were insured for two and a half million dollars. Wow, million. I'm gonna say 200, 250,000 dollars. Yeah, Dan remembers more the okay. 80s as it turns <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. 350k. Oh, 350k. Yeah, 350,000 dollars. That doesn't seem like a lot. For you some s- breast? Well, I mean, you say that, and then I was trying to think if like- What's her name? Let me Google her. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to come up with like something about me that would be worth insuring for $350,000. Not even my life is what I decided on. Like there's there's no part of me I that guess should be insured for that much money. There's no part of my body, but my house. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The but place where you live. The place where I live, but not anything on me. Like if I lost a leg, like- I'd but, be fine. I'd rather lose a leg than an arm. Oh my gosh, me too. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, Mark? Oh, it's like a yeah. Oh, it's a it's, it's a body part mm-hmm. joke. Yeah, okay. that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, that one went over, went right over my head. <laughs> oh, another body part joke. <laughs> it's a short guy joke. It <laughs> Wait was a now. minute. <laughs> so Queen, of course, did the soundtrack. They were not the first choice. Oh, really? Pink Floyd. Ooh. was the first choice to do the soundtrack. What a weird soundtrack. Huge, Apparently, huge mistake. For most of the filming of the film, they had Pink Floyd playing in the background. Huh. So then That's they weird. end up going to Pink Floyd, and Pink Floyd's <laughs> like, nah, man, this isn't quite us. But you know who might be good at this? This new up-and-coming band, Queen. Yeah, uh, I just picture Pink Floyd being like, go down, flash. Uh-huh. Well, so they ended up going to Queen, and w- in the first meeting with Queen, the producers like, uh, "Who are you guys? Like, yeah. I don't know who you are." Because yeah. Queen was not a huge deal then, so they showed the members of Queen twenty minutes of footage of the movie, and then mm-hmm. just said, "Go nuts!" That's it. <laughs> they like, gave him, they gave him twenty minutes yep. of footage in a bubble bath yep. for Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <Go nuts. laughs> He's like, "I'm in." <laughs> Freddie Mercury also designed the logo actually for Flash Gordon. Oh, that was yeah. a Freddie Mercury's a really talented guy. Dude. Well, he designed the Queen logo too, so it, like it was in his wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean he's good mm-hmm. at he was good at stuff yeah he was also real good at doing this <laughs> turns out he was great at more things than i was just good at <laughs> <laughs> well so they went and composed the theme which the music at that time was very outside of their wheelhouse like they wanted to do something really specific to this and the producers all loved it so much they were like yep you got the job like go for it and then obviously to do the rest of the music they had more than 20 minutes of footage but <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Queen, like instrumental in this whole thing, did the entire soundtrack and the soundtrack ended up selling decently well and really well if you compare it to the to sales the of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I imagine ahead. that once Queen got big too, that soundtrack took off even more. Oh, for sure. So one of the biggest differences is like Queen does this thing where they like write and they plan and they practice and they rehearse for what they're actually going to end up doing, unlike this movie. <laughs> So the dialogue... We'll do you, it live. <laughs> One you're shot. You're not far off. <laughs> One so shot. We, All the, we did this and the, the money fell through. We have one reel of film. <laughs> we're four doing it film. through. <laughs> well, so the dialogue is horrible for a very good reason. And it's because the whole script was translated from English 
to Italian, and then that Italian script was translated back to English. Oh, that's, that's what on earth a, was it doing yeah. getting translated to Italian? Because that's the, how you make great movies. Because the producer's name is Del Laurentis. Oh, Dino oh. De Laurentiis. Yeah. D- okay. Yeah. Dino yeah. De okay. He's actually a big deal. Well, I could understand translating the the script for him. Well, so he is quoted as saying when he like was told, "Hey, man, like this dialogue's terrible in English." Yeah. He said, "Quote." I do not want to be fooled by the written words. I want to know the story. That's a weird take on that. (laughs) That's a a bold take on a A movie. Bold take. Uh, So it makes sense when you realize that. And then when you start looking into it, like Mike Hodge directed the movie and he said, quote, so I had a producer who spoke mangled English and a production designer who spoke none at all. (laughs) Both, like Ming, seem to have arrived from another galaxy. Once I realized the film was in many ways out of my control, I relaxed and just made it up as I went along. <laughs> I relaxed. I just made it up as I went along. And it, like later on in multiple interviews, he was like, I loved it. Like I've never been just so comfortable because I didn't feel tied down by, you know, planning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like who'd have thought like all you had to do is just not have to answer to anybody. Oh, God. Yeah. You're like, oh, who cares? Yeah. So it like it makes a lot of sense when you watch different scenes in the movie. Uh, for instance, in one of the opening scenes almost, um, you get this big fight where Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon ends up <laughs> getting thrown these like giant Fabergé egg looking things that are uh-huh. sort of football shaped a little bit. And then he like runs around and has like this weird football fight. So that was entirely ad libbed in the script just said like, <laughs> and then they fight their way to freedom. And then on set, they're just like, I mean, he's a football player. Like maybe we should have a football. And then the girl who played Dale, she on set was like, well, I'm an all American girl. I'd be a cheerleader. And like, there's this scene where she's just cheerleading as he's running so through these weird. guys. What it, a nightmare. And it, this craziness was not, plan this craziness just comes from them not having a legible script or have the crew that spoke the same language that's crazy how do you think max von Sydow felt like in the middle of all this where he's like he apparently really enjoyed his role but his robes were 70 pounds oh my gosh so all of the shots where you see him they're all very short for a reason because he needed to sit down (laughs) he needed to sit down after a couple minutes of standing as ming they said there's multiple shots where like he's walking up upstairs and stuff and he's like they were brutal because he had to like seem all regal and serious and he's like inside i'm trying not to pant like crazy (laughs) oh man that's wild (laughs) at the end of this we come to the star flash gordon sam j jones a former playgirl centerfold oh nice okay he uh was actually premium flash gordon (laughs) hello flash oh it makes a lot of sense Flash is Gordon. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gila French. Wow, Gila French, Flash is my Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got the role because he was spotted on an episode of The Dating Game by De Laurenta's mother-in-law. Oh, wow. And that's actually how he got the role. Super crazy. Uh, side note, he lost. Oh. Yeah, he did not find oh, love. I'd say we all won, though. I can, sh- I can tell you. Oh. I can't show you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have gone real different. Uh, this role was actually offered to Kurt Russell. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Good good call. Well, and this is like pre-Kurt <laughs> Kurt Russell making it. Yeah, yeah. This and is, he was this like, is like right before like this is Escape like from New York. Before, and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Big yep. Trouble in Old China. Like. Yep. It was right before all of that. And he was like, nah, this character's one-dimensional. It's not me, man. <laughs> yeah, plus where's the script? <laughs> <laughs> That's in Italian. I can't. I can't speak Italian. I can't speak Italian. 
<laughs> I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna post up in the corner and wait for John Carpenter. In a yeah, couple years. I, come on, John Carpenter. In my future, I'm gonna be Santa Claus <laughs> <laughs> and a good oh, Santa yes. too. Oh my, that's Jackie's preferred Santa. It's good. I it's bet. good. Oh my gosh, There's a sequel coming out this summer, this uh, Christmas. Oh man, I gotta keep her away from all that. <laughs> I already feel you know. You're shrinking as a man to Kurt Russell <laughs> Santa Claus. So just before filming started, Sam got in a fight not with his girlfriend. His girlfriend was with him. Yeah, but they got in a fight with a bunch of skinheads and he <laughs> lost badly so when you say skinheads are we talking like actual nazi skinheads yeah, or like cancer ruffians? patients okay <laughs> yeah sickly <laughs> sickly yeah, cancer patients Zing, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're talking like actual nazi skinheads yeah yeah so he gets in this where fight. was this oklahoma the yeah. articles never say but <laughs> oh. i get the feeling it was somewhere near filming because it was like right before they started filming yeah and he lost really badly and they went out of their way to hide this story before the movie came out because they thought their strapping strong main <laughs> character getting his butt whoops was not a good look for the film yeah. oh man i don't know i think if you take if you take a beating from a bunch of skinheads that kind of makes you a hero if well he leclerc cannot beat the nazis who can <laughs> And there is some debate as to who started that fight. And and I say that because let's move on to some more stuff about him. Are you saying that I pre- preemptively called him a hero? Yes. Oh, good. So he oh, you heard it. Mark he, loves him. He plays this like this like sort of almost a little dopey, but mostly level headed hero person. But he constantly got in fights on the set, oh. like fights so badly that at one point he went to the hospital for being in a fight on set. <laughs> and the producer like bust into the hospital like. You got to make sure his face is okay. We got a filming schedule to keep up because he had this big gash on his face. They ended up filming some of the movie with like trying to cover up makeup with makeup, a gash on his face from a fight he got in on set. How do you get into fights at the job, man? Talk that trash. This was a regular occurrence. Like he got into a lot of fights on set. You just be surly, Mark. I guess so. Well, so they got to the point where they they mostly finished filming the, the main story of the movie and all they had was like some reshoots for like the CGI and stuff like that. And so they had Christmas break right before that begins. So he gets in a giant fight right before this happens. Christmas break happens. He just doesn't come back. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm done. Super reliable. Just doesn't come back. And it's crazy because he doesn't come back. And that means that a decent portion of Flash Gordon is a voice actor dubbed (laughs) over Sam J. Jones. Wow. Because he didn't come back. Get that ADR. And I say decent portion. (laughs) It it was like 10 to 12 minutes of the movie, but like it's an okay amount that is dubbed over his voice. And you'd never know. Like they got a really good impersonator. I I bet life on set was so much better. Oh, (laughs) for sure. Oh, I'm sure. For sure. Like everyone's like, no, it's cool. It's great. We don't have to fight this crazy man anymore. We'll figure it out. It's fine, everybody. Well, weird stuff about him too, because like, so he's basically Scotland's (laughs) David Howard. Hasselhoff. Like for some really? reason, Scotland loves Sam J. Jones. So in You've 2015, described exactly why Scotland loves Sam J. Well, so in 2015, <laughs> Scotland offered Sam J. Jones the chance to be the face of Scotland, and he didn't get back to them because he thought the email was a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> this guy seems like he's got it together. Yeah, this, guy, this guy seems good and cool. My favorite story that I have of him, it has to be so. The story is not over like after the end of the filming because, of course, for years he would go to Comic Cons and sign autographs and make, make money that off money. that. In 2017, Comic Con 2017, his photo signing booth was directly next to 
Lou Ferrigno. Oh, oh boy. No. Hulk. They apparently got into it. <laughs> Shocking. So so Sam J. Jones. Hey, yeah. you, you ain't so big. <laughs> I don't want to do a Lou Ferrigno voice. Okay. <laughs> well, and both of these dudes are big because like he's like 6'3 and Lou Ferrigno's like 6'5. Like these are, and they're both jacked. Well, <laughs> Lou Ferrigno's like Mr. Olympia. Oh, jacked. yeah. Like, yeah. He, yeah. he is huge. And so they like start almost going out. They're about to start fighting. I don't let Until. Em. Yeah. Super fan Darren Clements, dressed as El Diablo from the Suicide Squad, <laughs> who is five foot seven. Oh, oh, okay, so one of my people. Yeah, <laughs> steps in between these two giants and is like, "Hey guys, like, let's be adults here." And they were both like, "Oh yeah, we're oh that we're worked, really, huh? Yeah, it worked." So first, oh, never never underestimate mm. the diplomatic skill of well, the so, small men. So first, Darren <laughs> actually went to security and was like, "Hey man, like Lou Frigno and Sam and Jones security's are like, like nah. And security goes, "I'm not stepping in between the Hulk yeah. and the Fla- and Flash yeah. Gordon." <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Pass. The noblest spirit embiggens the smallest man. That is what I know. <laughs> My so I desperately tried to find a video of the actual fight, and yeah. I couldn't find one. But I did find a video leading up to the fight and it is fantastic because sam j jones and they're yelling about like you can't understand most of it but then sam j jones turns to lou ferrigno and yells you wouldn't like me when i'm angry (laughs) that's what did it that was the final straw (laughs) oh that's excellent do you think that was a troll move or he was just trying to be tough guy and didn't realize what he was saying to who come on that's a troll move i don't know this guy doesn't sound like the brightest guy yeah so the whole cast originally before the movie was even shot was actually signed on for a trilogy. Oh boy. And that's why the movie ends with Ming getting his ring back and then the question mark after the end. It yeah. was supposed to be a trilogy. Well, the trilogy didn't happen. Well, yes. remember that time Sam left after Christmas and didn't come back? Yeah. He sued the filmmakers for not getting to appear in the two follow-up movies that were never made. How'd that go? Oh, he not well. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. This guy's kind of awesome. That's all. <laughs> I like this guy a lot. It's like a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to like spend time around him, but he kind of seems like a cool dude. This movie had a budget of roughly twenty million dollars. Oh, do you want to take a guess at what this made gross U.S.? Oh, five million dollars. Gross U.S. U.S. Oh man, just U.S. This like coming on the. Ooh. I mean, we're coming on the heels of some pretty big space yeah, movies. Yeah, that's the thing is, I could picture some people being like, "I bet it's going to be all right." I bet opening weekend they made some money, but yeah, then, and then once after the word that, got like, out, they're just like, "No, no, don't." Uh, do that. I'm gonna say. I give this this film made about ten million dollars. You both lowballed it. Twenty seven million one hundred and seven thousand dollars. Oh, so it came seven million on top. Yeah. Okay. So they did actually technically make money <laughs> on this film. That's incredible that this movie made twenty million dollars to make, though. Well, what's really it incredible is that it got released worldwide. It was the biggest overseas in the UK out of everywhere that it did get mm-hmm. released. Take a guess at how much money it made overall, including the rest of the world so it and was, the twenty-seven million that they made in so the U.S. So it was bigger than that. So than the yeah, U.S. Take it. Take a guess. Well, you got now. the Queen on the soundtrack. You got the Welch. You got the Welch. You got the Scottish involved. The Scottish love him. Who this is just an everyday occurrence for these people. The, the Italians are in. Yeah, because because uh, uh, of sauce. Because <laughs> because of, of the three hundred thousand dollars sauces. Yeah. Three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna say forty million dollars. Oh, okay. I feel like I was gonna overshoot it. I was gonna say about one hundred and fifty million. You ready? Ready. Yeah. Now let's recall. Twenty-seven million one hundred and seven thousand dollars in the U.S. Not made in the U.S. Okay. 
Twenty-seven million one hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. Oh no! <laughs> they no. made less than sixty thousand dollars in the That's rest of the funny. world. That's tough. And almost all of it from the UK. Like it just did. It bombed hard. That's despite funny. some of those great names. Now yeah. and I know it's different than it is now. Like where you can reliably get like international box office. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. bigger than domestic, but. Back in the day, like you had to do something, though, right? Well, that's oh, like yeah. that's like the movie that came out this year, Tenet, right? Mm-hmm. Like it did moderately okay in the United States, and then it made like four hundred million dollars worldwide, or some nonsense. It was like, like it was that. Like kind yeah. of a crazy hit for Nolan. Yeah, for, worldwide, but in the U.S., yeah. they're just like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, we're not allowed to go outside right we now. Can't go so outside. We can't, <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> we can't see your movie. No one to blame but ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so and unfortunately, this episode aired right before what could have been great for it. Uh, there's a book coming out that actually will be out by the time this episode releases called flash gordon the official story of the film that has all sorts of background information in it i didn't get to read it because it's not out yet because it's not mm-hmm. out yet mm-hmm. they should but make it, an audiobook out of flash gordon should guy leclerc <laughs> <laughs> there you go flash gordon I, flash I love gordon. It. Cool. such a fun thing but yeah there's a lot of crazy stuff in there like i said i'm a, a big movie. pro guy who played flash gordon that's <laughs> that's a pretty Jones. awesome dude Gila claire Gila claire Gila pretty claire. cool I'm dude in I'm my opinion real cool dude uh Gila claire a super, number one guy sam j jones fighting his way across films yeah <laughs> <laughs> fighting his way across the united states <laughs> it's like that south park episode where russell crowe is yeah. fighting around the world that's exactly what i was thinking. nothing can stop him not skinheads not the hulk yeah oh my gosh yeah i like i like all of it not lots of producers and <laughs> random crew during yeah. the filming. Oh my gosh, shout out to Max von Sindow's like crazy robes. Shout yeah. out to the short guy who brokered peace between <laughs> the Hulk and, and Flash Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> oh, the small yeah. man comes through again. Yeah, man, you always have a small dude on your on your team as a pinch hitter. When <laughs> you got to lay down the butt. Melody Anderson as Dale moving on to be <laughs> a counselor i mean she's cool and all but she it didn't sound like she was that good at it in the beginning (laughs) well that's why she needed to go to school i gotta learn how to handle people like oh man that's pretty wild i love i liked all that yeah that's fun it was it was really fun when i started doing this research i was like man what can you say about a movie that's just insanity and then i started reading and i was like oh a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that is episode number three random draw a 1980s podcast we did it yeah we did do it yeah (laughs) if you would like more information or have any suggestions on what we should cover from the 80s give us an email Mm -hmm. at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com we're we're there it goes right to my phone (laughs) and then mark and i will immediately get a screenshot of your email absolutely and we'll weigh in that's sometimes we'll have a funny behind the scenes thing like (laughs) I have the email, and I just anytime anybody emails us, I just send them a screenshot. Uh-huh. I picture you're like Annie Potts from Ghostbusters, where you're like, "We got one." <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what it's yeah. like. I have an alarm at my house that yeah. I ring. <laughs> so if you want to listen to more of this insanity, mm-hmm. but about board games, mm-hmm. we also do a board game podcast called Random Draw, a board game podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're creative. Yeah, it's the brand. If it ain't broke. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Episode number three in the books. Oh, hey, can I just throw this out there? Sure. Listen, I know I took some shots at Wales and Scotland tonight. (laughs) You mean Welch? (laughs) I know I took some shots at the Scottish and the Welch. Yeah, and a little bit of Italian. I did more. (laughs) You did the Italian. I'm not taking taking responsibility for these. No, no, no. Uh, I love you guys is what I'll say to the Welch (laughs) and the Scottish. I love grape juice. (laughs) And now for something completely different. (laughs) 
This better be interesting. So yeah, I got this all this quarantine hair, right? You do? I do. Like get a, get a like all over your body or just on your head? It's everywhere, Dave. It's, it's everywhere. It's a that's, thicket. No, that's just called getting older in my yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I have these brambles all got, over my body. <laughs> I think I'm gonna fade. Oh, okay. look at you. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about it, and Jackie, Jackie's into it. Jackie's receptive of me that's doing something kind of wild with my hair. That's what I get. I've been rocking the young Republican for about. <laughs> Never heard it called that uh, for about five years now. Like yeah. it makes sense now that I stare at it. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? I don't know if I'm bold enough to get the skin fade. No, don't do that. No, I don't. I, I don't get the skin fade. It's too much. Yeah. It, it, it might shows be... too many flaws on the side and back of your head. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I have no idea what my head actually looks yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, you you've never shaved your head? No, I've never I've shaved, shaved my head. head. I know exactly what my head looks uh, like. I was gonna say, never I've again. Head, I've shaved my head twice and it's perfectly fine. And very shortly, when I lose much more hair, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at. I'm to like make the best of it while I have it, and then when it's gone, I'll just like shave my head and just do like the Lex Luthor Bizarro beard too. Oh, I'll never run out of hair. <laughs> so much hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen my progenitors. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Nobody in my family is bald. They have so much hair. Mm-hmm. The problem with the the skin fade is if you have like a pack of hot dogs on the back of your neck. <laughs> yeah, and you go skin so fade. <laughs> And it doesn't feel like it. You but may like, not. Also, I, just I have a don't pack know. of hot dogs on top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it is what it is. So that's I just, why I don't. I just that. like the idea of like Dan really sending a phrenologist for a loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can, like, if you touched my scalp, you can feel, like, the ridges in the top of my head. Oh, really? I've yeah, never really weird. gotten in there, but one day soon. That's fine. Yeah. One day soon. I'm, I'm going to I'm just gonna roll up. Like, I have to, I guess, schedule the appointment and be like, yeah. hey, I got all of this, and it's all a problem. <laughs> what should I do with all of it? I like <laughs> that you're just pointing at yourself nebulously, like, not necessarily yeah, your it's hair. All, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do whatever it's, you it's do. Just the, it's like the whipped cream on top of a, a heap of meaty problems. Unless. Like, <laughs> I don't care for that. Unless. <laughs> you're like going to a really like fancy fancy place like don't ask them like no, what will look no. best i'm gonna they go will to choose what is easiest so i think i'm gonna go to faded in rehoboth whoa yeah fancy i feel like their name says they'll do a good job at your preferred haircut i know i hope i hope they will so or I don't maybe know, they're, just, maybe they're just talking a... about their own skill set so, <laughs> so i know when i uh-huh. i have very specific needs for my hairstyles yeah so when i go in i always make sure they don't go too high on the fade because uh-huh. i have like a square head so if they go too high, it looks like I have like a skinned animal sitting on top of my, <laughs> my head. So I have to say like, make sure they know. And I always point like, start the fade down here, uh-huh. and then they do a pretty good job. Yeah. And then yeah. I get my hair thinned too. That's a thing I have to do. Oh, I mean, I've never had that problem. Yeah. No, my hair does that on its own. <laughs> Seriously, it's just called aging. Yeah, that yeah. happens to me every morning in the shower when it's, I wash my hair. <laughs> it's crazy. They have these scissors that are like zigzag shaped. Yeah, and like every other blade is sharp. Oh yeah, and yeah. then they go through and thin it out because yeah. my hair is unmanageable. Yeah, so Jackie's like been super judgy about I, your hair. No, no, no. I think she just is like tired of me fretting about it all the time. Well, how long is this going on? This has been ongoing for a couple weeks. Just get your hair cut. Uh, here's the deal. I'm, I'm like physically incapable of making a style decision, like a change in my style. Just go in. Like I said, and like, I've had the Young Republican for like four or five years. Just pick a famous person and say, I want a haircut like that. Just Johnny go in, Depp. Yeah. Oh, Adam boy. Sandler. Just go in and yes, say, I want the yes. Adam Sandler. Yeah, I'll have the hoopy-doopy-shoopy-poopy. <laughs> I want that. I'll give me that. You should get mm-hmm. the Mark Zuckerberg, and by that I mean yeah. the Caesar Augustus. <laughs> Julius Caesar. <laughs> the Augustus Caesar. We can get the yeah. Floby. We can try to find we the Floby. We can just do the Floby. But it's going to be the young Republican. Yeah. yeah. And I'm willing to Floby your hair, though, is a thing I will say. I know. Yeah. I appreciate that. I Dave. make no promises about the final outcome. 
but yeah. I will just, do it. Just do something new. And then if it doesn't work, like, it doesn't really matter because how much are you going out and people are seeing you? Well, exactly. Like, I could wear a hat. Like, it'll, like, my hair grows so fast anyway that, yeah. Yeah, that's mine too. I, I can get a haircut. Before the quarantine, I was getting a haircut every two weeks. Yeah. I could, I could stand to get like a haircut like every three to four weeks before yeah. it starts to get kind of overgrown. I'm like a redhead chia pet. <laughs> grows so with, fast. With just a little too much miracle grow. It's just yeah. so much jammed in there. Like, I have the not, whole thing. I have not had a haircut since March. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You're starting to get that, that curl in the back. It turns out my hair is curly. You never knew. Mm-hmm. I got a haircut like two weeks ago. Now I desperately need another one. Just like, are you just like holding out? Are you kind of nervous about going to uh, get a haircuttery or is it just like I work just from committed? home. Uh-huh. The two of you are some of the only human beings I that I see notice outside. It anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it just doesn't matter to me. Like People I, will be like, do you think Dave needs a haircut? I was like, I'm pretty sure it always looks like that. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. I'm, what's it called when you just become so Homeless. accustomed to something? <laughs> yeah. Close to it. Looking. <laughs> when you just become so accustomed to something you forget it exists oh yeah oh, like yeah. you've built up an immunity to what i look like <laughs> yeah like if i didn't mm-hmm. see you for a couple weeks and then i saw it i'd be like whoa but i see you whoa. all the time yeah you so see me a like, minimum of twice a week yeah, so, so i'm mm-hmm. always like oh no that's how his hair always looks for now, as I remember long when as you... i've known him <laughs> i remember when you were in nursing school and like you had that real close cropped haircut and close cropped beard and you, yeah you were pretty much rocking the no beard look it was a close beard like i still had facial hair but it was pretty tight it was a tiny little baby beard yeah. it was tiny. i hated it. it was like mine. I keep it's mine. Like, it was like the N95 beard. <laughs> it was pretty much Dan. Yeah, yeah I keep mine tight. I, yeah. I shave. I get, you know what I do? This is how I judge when it's gone too long. It's when the hairs start going into my mouth from uh, my upper yeah. lip. So I'm that like, it is time to trim. That is when I trim my mustache. That is the only thing oh, I no, do. That's when I know mm-hmm. I got to do the whole, the works. And the worst part is, so I shave my neck, right? And then I fade my own neck up. But if you don't shave like straight razor shave below that, your shirt like sticks to the hairs, like the smaller. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. Yeah. So, so I just dry shave in the morning like an animal. So I have Yikes. a. That was so funny. <laughs> like, ah. Don't even run the water. Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, I have a pretty long beard. And many years ago, I decided I would see if I could get like a giant handlebar mustache. I wanted yeah. to see like, you know, know do the big old wax it and curl it Mm -hmm. thought it'd be fun so that died the first time i ate a hot dog and (laughs) and i got one bite in and most of it was the left side of my mustache oh yeah you're just like no it's too much yeah and that's the moment i said i don't care about a mustache i care about being comfortable and that's all this is yeah Yeah, you should just pick up like you should just pick a famous person mark you should get the zach efron (laughs) oh yeah that'd be great no you should get the justin bieber but like 2015 Mm -hmm. justin where it's just like the side all up, all up in your face. Yeah, and you Look got how constantly. fresh Zac Efron looks. I mean, it's pretty nice. Uh, obviously. I worry about He's my hairline also, as far as The problem as that is, goes, though. so beautiful. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> think I would look his, great. Like, anything on his head is fine. I mean, really, I guess the look I'm going for is, like, smoldering professor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What on earth? There's yeah. a, he doesn't even take his shirt off. He's so rugged. <laughs> I hate people like that. It's, it's disgusting, it's not right? Fair. It makes it's me so, so mad. Stupid. Yeah. What do you mean you can do whatever you want? And you can sing too? This is not stupid. I don't care for stupid. this. This is wildly attractive. I'll be back. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs>